I'm Randy Rohde, and I'm fascinated with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Plus, I love baseball. Every show, I sit down with a small business owner, and we discuss their running the basis of entrepreneurship. We throw the ball around on strategy, management, execution, and innovation. Plus, a little fun baseball talk. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say. Play ball! And it's a great day for a ball game. And the season is in full swing, which is always so fun. One of my favorite times of the year. This is Randy Rohde. You've got Running the Bases with Small Businesses. And today, pretty exciting, uh, we've got another show of firsts for you today. We've got a New York City-based serial entrepreneur. Started his first company at the age of 16, followed it up with a second company while he was in college. Then he had a third company, raised uh, about a million dollars in funding, and now he's off on his fourth company, not even 30 years old yet, I don't think. Is that right? You're not, are you? Yeah, turning 30 on in September, actually. Yeah, good for so, you. Uh, oh, get, that's right. Actually, your birthday is the same birthday of my father-in-law. Because oh, my September re- 6th. My, my researcher found that one out as well. That's so cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, you good. know what? They, you know, there's an article on Forbes about, you know, the if you take a look at the, the billionaires, this was a couple of years ago, so it might have changed around that. If you take a look at the number of billionaires uh, in the Forbes for, 500 or 400, whatever the list is, majority of them are born in September. No kidding. That's great. I had no idea. Let me see. Oh, I, I haven't even got to introduce you yet. So here we are. So your latest company, Hello Wolfie, you got me all thrown off on the birthday thing. Hello Wolfie. I'm happy to have on the show today, Arjun Ray. And uh, Arjun, welcome to Running the Bases. And uh, Thank you. you're there in your space in New York. Hey, before we get into all of Hello Wolfie and the great things you are doing there, I want to talk about your reality tv experience meet the drapers and for those of you who may may or may not be familiar with meet the drapers it's a crowdfunding reality tv series kind of like shark tank but different you were a finalist tell us about that experience what was the outcome what happened oh boy so (laughs) And I bumped into a founder on Clubhouse just the other day who was like, oh, I remember you backstage pacing back and forth. So I was listening to the song uh, when, I was, when I was backstage at the, at the, at the TV show. And uh, essentially what I, what I wanted to do, every, every other founder was like huddle around the table, talking to each other, networking and the whole nine years. And me, I had I was just I had my headphones on and I was just going back and forth, back and forth, rehearsing my pitch. I took a lot of inspiration from Russell Brunson. I took a lot of inspiration from Grant Cardone, the way they talk, the way they build culture. It's a Russell Brunson, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tip uh, there. And I just, I just kept running the rehearsal, just rehearsing as if I had already won or I had already presented in my head. And I kept doing it for hours on end. In fact, the night before I was rehearsing you know, just over, over and over again with the audio and like the number of seconds I have, the number of minutes I have. And lo and behold, we win the, uh, the first, uh, the first round, yeah, which yeah. is like the introductory round. And if we won the first round, then they ask you to come back either the next day or the same day. 
they ask you stay to film the next episode and so we won the second episode too and and then we were like in the finalists and we were like one of the highest to raise uh, uh equity crowdfunding on republic so that puts us in a better position to go into the finals and uh and <laughs> I tell this to Tim Draper all the time, uh, you know, whenever I see him, that we should have won first place, but we ended up winning second place. Right. And I don't know where, where the company is now, the, the one who won the first place. I wish her the very best. But we did incredibly well last year. We grew 22,000%. We helped over 9,000 small businesses to date. And, uh, you know, with Hello Wolfie are as a platform. And it's, it's such an interesting show. It's, it's like yeah. I was so nervous on the show. And it doesn't come across in any of the videos or the or the TV show itself. But uh, I kept going back to my rehearsing. I kept going back to my points. And Tim Draper, somehow he f- he noticed that I had a certain knack for details, which right. I didn't realize how I was standing. But he says this in the first episode when you know, before he announces that we win, is that he noticed how he I had like my legs in a certain like certain position. Okay. Yeah, it's just like it's so unique. Like he noticed, he, yeah, yeah, he noticed it because I was, I didn't realize I was trying to like face the audience, the 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 judges in a certain way, right. um, and I was presenting like I was pointing my hands and like it, just, it looked like a it looked like a weather show essentially as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, you know, here's the weather. This is where the currents uh-huh. are going. And he pointed that out out of any of the founders. Um, he pointed that out that you know there's a knack for detail and you need that for great creating great product. And uh, the other thing he liked is that I all I always wore the woofy shirt. Right. Right. Um, back then it was woofy. Now it's hello woofy. Right. <laughs> As yes. you can see, I'm, I'm all I'm all uh, swagged up, and uh, and he liked that. And he, and before he announced that we won, he said that those two things are, I guess, in his opinion, some of the reasons why he chose us as the uh, as the winner. That is remarkable. And then and he invested three times. <laughs> so, well, I want to get back to that because I didn't know that. But I do want to know, our research uh, team was saying, how did he get to the finals? Because he didn't win the second uh, round. Because he it's because came we in, raised, we were the, one of the highest, or something like that. Yeah, he were, we were one of the highest raises, if you will. We raised last year about five sixty four thousand. We actually raised more. We had some dropouts along the way, so I think we raised a lot closer to six hundred k. But um, that automatically puts us in the uh, in, in the finals. Okay, all right. So that's how you got into the finals. We were wondering, yeah. and so the outcome of the finals, and you won. What was that? A hundred thousand. Uh, we won one hundred thousand. We should have won one hundred fifty. I shouldn't say uh, I shouldn't say one because it's funding, right? So they decided it's to equity. invest. Yeah, in he it. gets equity yeah. in the company. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. And then subsequently, they've reinvested a number of times. Well, those so he, they he invested three times in the during the show itself. Okay. We're still ta- we're having a conversation, giving him updates in the next next couple of weeks. So who knows? He might write a bigger check. Nice. But uh, since then, we've raised over two hundred thousand um, dollars since the show. Uh, now, when was the, the show? So I I gather from uh, the recordings that it was probably last year in twenty twenty. Is that right? It was last. Yeah. So okay. the first two episodes were in twenty nineteen, towards the end um, of the year, and the finals because we didn't know what the outcome would be for the crowdfunding. Thing and you know, with the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. etc. They, they, we were supposed to do it in person in San Mateo, San Mateo, California, but because of the pandemic, we had to do everything virtually. So the final episode is, you see it, it's all over, it's all uh, done over Zoom, and that's actually one of the reasons why I had to decorate my office, which I know people can't see on the on the recording, but the reason why we did this is because I wanted to make sure that detail, that knack for design, was coming through. Right. Um, so I built this like whole setup in the background for like a hundred bucks because I love carpentry, yeah. and. Turns out none of the other founders even cared. They, some of them did it in their lobbies and their front of their buildings and like a spare room and conference room in their in their in their office or in their in their you know house. And I was like, 
Oh my God! Wow. How how could, could how could you not care more? <laughs> it, you're going to be on national television, but right, I think it's right. like 10 million people watching the show. How could you not care? So anyway, the producer uh, Sarika, she was like, "I really wish my other founders would also take the same level of diligence and detail into account." Yeah. Um, and, and you really do see that because I have a great team and they're the same way. The team has really focused on details. like love taking critiques, not criticisms. I always call out people who do criticisms uh, because critiques really help further right. civilization. We can talk about philosophy and civilization and science and all that stuff later. But Well, congratulations. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's awesome. And I actually did watch one of the episodes last night as I was like, oh, really, it was on. I got to check this out and see what in the world it was like. So, and yeah. I think I did see the episode where he commented on the way that you were standing or something like that. I'm oh like, yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, hey, good for him. All right. So now before we get too deep into philosophy or mm-hmm. whatever, tell us about the current enterprise, Hello Woofy. Give us the whole spin on it and the background. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I, I almost thought about becoming an impact corporation or something, you know, like a B Corp or something, because if you take a look at Etsy and if you take a look at many other companies, tech companies that have become B Corps, they have a legit business behind them. I mean, Whole right. Foods has a legit business. I don't think it's a B Corp, though. But um, our, our mission is to build the biggest company on the planet, helping the smallest. And while it sounds like a very catchy phrase, literally, it's a part of our business model. Mm. One of the things that I love, you know, talking about to founders is how can you use equity crowdfunding to make it a part of your business model? Because you see so, you see so many campaigns on Start Engine, We Fund a Republic, where they're just raising capital and they're like, this is how awesome we are. You should invest and get a piece of their company. But in our case, you can buy the software, which is a smart marketing platform for underdogs. I like to call small businesses underdogs. And you can grab the license for $50 or $70 or $100, depending on your needs and, and wants. Right invest in the company as low as $100. And, and obviously you get, you know, you get promised to shares for that. And then if you become an affiliate, which in most cases, small businesses do, and they know at least five other business owners that they can sell Hello Wolfie to and make 10% off of, or, or, or you know, probably more than that, more, more, more than five people. You have the potential to, you know, make all of it back, the entire investment, the, the subscription, the investment you put into a company, the shares right, right. for which you get shares and still have the upside. Now, if you potentially are able to do all of that, then then it's a part of a business model. We not only are building a company with the small business owner, getting their feedback in our Facebook group, which none of our competitors have. I still don't understand why people, why my competitors don't want to talk to their customers in a Facebook group and you know support them, nurture the community, and and, and build a community. But that's a separate discussion. But then you know you're part of the community. You can build up, you know, help us build a roadmap, and you get shares in the company. And so when if we IPO, I legally have to say if in the next 48 to 60 months, then I want all of the thousands of businesses that have invested in us, small business owners or entrepreneurs to be standing right there virtually or in person at the podium as we, you know, ring the bell. And I've also thought about this, you know, the ticker symbol (laughs) that I want. And it's just, it's just a matter of a different mindset. I think small businesses or startups should be thinking about how do you bring your customers, you know, the people, you know, really well, the people, you know, how to sell to the people, you know, you know, you know, their wants and desires. Bring them into the company. Bring them apart. You know, make them a part of your company as well. Right. Yeah, you know, that answers your question. But that's yeah, well, that's, that's kind good. of where we're coming from. And then, as far as the platform is concerned, you know, we we're, we started as a social media scheduling platform to help small businesses automatically create content for social media, find the perfect emojis, words, sentences, you know, hashtags, uh, images, the whole nine yards. And then we expanded to blogging, doing the exact same thing for blog and scheduling. Uh, and then recently, we've been you know we've been working with Amazon Alexa division. 
uh, under their guidance to build the world's first Amazon smart speaker scheduler. So now the hundreds of millions of devices around the world, not just the YouTubes and the Hulus and the Netflix of the world, but you, Randy, as, as a small business owner, can now schedule video, audio, and text to audio content for six bucks, five bucks a month into any of your customers' living rooms. And literally, all you have to tell your customer to do is go to their nearest speaker and say, download the Hello, download the Hello Woofy skill or the Randy uh, marketing skill, and you'll be on their television screen. They can buy from you right there. They can you know go to your website from there. Right. It's it's really democratizing the first screen because you know you know we used to talk about first screen versus second screen right that's a 2010 term that is not <laughs> happening anymore with, with smart TVs yeah yeah <laughs> this is so incredible and I've got to probably tell my story of encounter with Hello Woofy and I'm not even exactly sure I was trying to think about that even this morning while I was waiting um, online waiting for you to jump on with this which was you know when did I actually first find Hello Woofy and and jump into it but I um, you know in our agency we do for our clients we schedule out social media campaigns and such and um, depending upon our clients needs we've ended up using like multiple platforms because they don't, you know, one does something okay, yeah. but it doesn't do this other thing that we really needed. And so I've, yep. I've had like, right now, I think we're using three different ones. And I was intrigued. I don't know. I've saw Hello Wolfie probably in a Facebook ad or something. I'm like, hey, let me check that one out. And... I dug into it. I kind of played around with it a little bit and let my person as well on our team who does that stuff play around with it. Really liked it. And so we've replaced two of the platforms that we were using and I'm waiting. You and I have talked about one of the other features that I'm like, please do this. Yep. So I it's can, on the roadmap. So I, I can, am literally yes. talking to my project manager. I'm like, how can we yeah. make Randy super, super happy? And he's like, second, the next release is coming soon in two weeks. Yeah. So as soon as that's out, I can drop the third one and just be solely reliant on Hello Woofy. So <laughs> it, it is a, an incredibly creative. I love the creativity that it allows the flow, the autocomplete aspects, certainly the emoji. And I want to touch on that as well. But, and again, you know, for the small business folks or the folks who are out there doing social media management or content management, even, even in a broader sense, really Hello Woofy is a platform that allows you to be really creative, provide suggestions and content and information in a real world AI driven platform to make it faster, more effective, more impactful uh, of your message. So you get the stuff done faster and it's more impactful, which is just a win-win. I don't care why or who is using it. It's a, it's a terrific thing. And you've got this thing, this emojis. So this is a big, mm. this is a big thing. I don't think that any other platform and people like emojis, really? Why? But talk to us about emojis. Why is that important? Why is it integrated so deeply into your platform? It's just another language that we really haven't made sense of, but we know it works really well. So if you think about it, you know, years ago, and I love history and history repeats itself all over again, over and over again, hieroglyphics, you know, we're going back to the days of hieroglyphics. If you take a look at every major civilization, the Sumerians, the, you know, the, the hieroglyphic, you know, and how it's put together. If you take a look at, you know, cuneiform, if you take a look at the, you know, East Asian languages, they're all based on pictures and caveman paintings are based on pictures and, right. and depicting stories. And, and, and so it's interesting how we started with 90 emojis in Japan. 
in the late 90s. And today there are over 3,000, give or take, official emojis, according to the Unicode organization, which is like the official FDA of all text-based communication. Mm. And while there are 3,000 emojis, the average person only uses like the 15 they know over and over again. Even if it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, thumbs up. The vegetable or the, you know, the facial expression. Like there's so many opportunities to convey visually what you're trying to say. So anyway, so long story short, we ended up mapping the entire English dictionary to figure out exactly which emojis, which hashtags, which words tend to do well or tend to be used with one another based on hundreds of millions of conversations mm. so that the small business owner, as they're typing away, which, by the way, as soon as you start typing, it automatically completes the sentences for you. Right. You can ignore the recommendations. You can continue with the recommendations. But the point being, once you're done typing the entire post, below it, you'll start getting recommendations for emojis. And you can place them wherever you like, but those will be recommended based on the, the obviously, in, in technical speak, you say string. But right. in, in, in this case, the copywriting itself and the hashtags will be adjusted accordingly as well. So how, we, we really wanted to make sure that the small business owner was taking advantage of, of this amazing art for you know getting better engagement. Because if you take a look at the Emoji Trend Report, which is an official research paper that Adobe did uh, about a year and a half ago, or two years ago, it literally says emojis drive double-digit uplift in engagement, but more importantly, double-digit uplift in purchasing intent. Mm. People are willing to buy more. Uh, in fact, in some campaigns, they've gone as far as you know using emojis to actually do the transaction itself right. and send you like a pizza or something. Although those are a little bit gimmicky, but you know, that's the fact of the matter is when you combine three different languages, the hashtag language, which we believe is a language in and of itself, the English language, uh, which you know can then be translated into any other language, and the emoji language, it's a very, very powerful way of having a three, a trio of languages coming together based on data that you can come up with in two seconds and you right. can do it at scale. And so that's really the beauty of why we have emoji data, why we have word data is because we want to provide that solution as an API to other platforms down the road. That's the vision of the company. But at the moment, we're our biggest com- you know, uh, customer when it comes to the API. Right. And we have it built into our, our own platform, HelloWoofy. Yeah, I think that is amazing because when I first started thinking like emoji, again, I'm like, I use it so limited in my communication. But then when I started understanding the research behind it and the lift Mm -hmm. that it does on engagement, whether it's uh, shares or likes or comments or, you know, as interested to hear you say as well, even on purchases, on transactions. I'm like, wow, that, you know, there's it's a lot more than just a cute smiley face out there. (laughs) I mean, especially when I have a link, like I one drive, you know, attention to a link i do like the you know the finger pointed right. towards the link yeah. or i do a green check mark because i know green and red you know right. are great for uh, ctas or conversions so he's like and you don't want to go crazy which is why it's important to get maybe three recommendations if you're putting a medium-sized post if you're doing a small post maybe two right. you, you want to be very sparing and so if you're going to be very sparingly using emojis then you really have to get the right ones so we've got hello woofy but let's kind of go back a little bit in time. Tell me about your path of entrepreneurship. I mean, you started, you know, your sheet says, you know, at 16, I don't know, you probably were even younger than that, (laughs) even uh, guessing you and, and your kind of concepts. So how and where did this kind of entrepreneurial gene begin or hatch? So I've always been selling something or the other, as far as I can remember. You know, it's in in some in, you know in other interviews that I'm sure you've you've heard of. You know, I, I mentioned that I was selling everything for quarters, <laughs> and so and I was selling things for quarters and like 
when I was visiting India for a wedding and there was just so many flowers. Like if you've been to an Indian wedding, you know that we use like six flower shops worth of, of, uh, of flowers and Hey, someone signed up. I see the, so the, the, lights, who can't, the lights are going. Yeah. So, so people who are just listening in and can't see what you know just happened, we have lights in our office blinking and we celebrate every time someone buys, every time someone subscribes. They're two different lights, two different colors. Yeah. And uh, so that's what just happened on side tangent. What, but, what was uh, the yeah, green been, light for? Was that our... Uh, so green is revenue. Green is okay. revenue. People paid. Right. And then yellow, because MailChimp is yellow. Right. You know, their theme is yellow. MailChimp means that someone then subscribes. So I can actually oh, okay. see the funnel working because... Once you go through our sales funnel, which we built for like $300 using Fiverr, you then get the purchase and you get the Stripe, you trigger the Stripe uh, interaction. And then you are then prompted to, when you sign up, to then you know sign up for a newsletter in case right. you forgot to sign up in the first place uh, in the funnel. And then, so I actually can't see the funnel working yeah, <laughs> and yeah. lights yeah, blinking. Visually, that's good. All right. Um, so back and, to the story. And, yeah. The back to the story. I totally feel like I'm on the Howard Stern show. This is amazing. <laughs> Um, well, I'll take that uh, as a compliment. So that's all right. Oh, totally. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you could be on Sirius XM in no time. Actually, I was, I ran into a producer in Cent- uh, in Union Square and we were like, listening, you know, we were just looking at the same right. performance, the music performance. And she was like, oh, I work on the Howard Stern show. I- I'm about to go and see Howard right now. <laughs> <laughs> going back to your question so i was selling things for 25 cents you know i took all those flowers and you know from after the wedding and i was like why are we wasting so many flowers so i turned those mm-hmm. into hawaiian you know looking garlands and start selling them for for different back then it was like seven or eight and uh so one thing led to the other and i just you know kept selling things over and over again and driving my my mom insane but uh i think if you start as, as a parent like a future parent one of the things i i really do want to focus on is if you start seeing certain traits, and I know Tiger Woods, I think uncle did this when he's, you know, he started noticing that he had a certain, you know, knack for uh, being athletic, you know, right. for, you know, golf lessons early on. I think that's super important. It's one of the reasons why I want to build a Hogwarts for kids, focus on art and technology. And so if they do something that, you know, turns into an invention, can be turned into a company, give them $5,000 initially and then follow on with a half a million dollar round. And if they're under 18, then it'll have to be a custodial account <laughs> right. uh, with a parent. But the uh, the idea is to kind of really support small, you know, small businesses that, that starting at the at the youngest of ages. Because, mm. I mean, I know so many people have started at 15, have started at 12. They, they're multimillionaires today. And it, that that whole rule about 10,000 hours, it's probably more than that. You probably have to spend like 20,000 20, hours in perfecting a a skill. And for me, it's building startups. And obviously, I've been doing it for now 14 years, 12 right. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Some of the companies you've been involved with, and currently right now, it's it is a tech company. Mm-hmm. Is that your background? I noticed you did go to uh, was it New York Institute of Technology? Is that right? Yeah, New York yeah. Institute of Technology. So are you are you a computer engineer, science background? Well, are you a de- developer? What's your so a self-taught front-end developer? But I went to to the university for small business and entrepreneurship. That was the okay. degree name of the degree, but I was absent 60% of the time. <laughs> I was a terrible student. And and the reason was, and my professors were okay with it because if I was in school, I was challenging my professors, some of them, not all of them. And if and so, because a lot of the curriculum was a little bit outdated, not a little bit, some of it was like two decades outdated. And so I ended up spending my time at networking events. I went to, you know, meet, you know, people at dinners or conferences and, you know, early morning breakfast where you could get, you know, free, free coffee and, right. and, a, and a bagel at, uh, oh my God, that was that co-working space grind on the, on the, on the East side 
grind spaces. So there was there were a lot of good memories. But that's how I ended up raising capital and meeting meeting so many people who either you know invest in the company, became advisors, or new people who became okay. advisors and investors. So that's actually the one number one thing is if you're coming to a city like New York, you better not be in the classroom, right. or at least not majority of the time. Go out and tend the well. I guess now it's different with the whole pandemic. But right. there is so much. Like every single day, I was going to at least one or two events. I mean, some days I went to three events, four events if it was like social media week or advertising week, and I would just spend the entire week in like fifty events and just networking as much as possible. Right, just making connections, right? And yeah, it's all about and that. Trying to get your story out in front of folks. I love- and you need to have your branding on you all the time. It just drives me insane. And, and obviously, Tim Draper yeah. said this on the show. You know, I was the only one who had a sh- had a shirt on with the logo of the company that they're looking to raise capital for, and they right. felt that they should slap it on themselves. Right? Actually, it's on the back too. Um, <laughs> if I could do a printing on the side on my sleeves, I would do that <laughs> too. But that that was like way too yeah. way too pricey. But like, if you're gonna go to events, I was known as a kid that w- showed up with an iPad strapped to the side because uh, I had like an iPad on on a lanyard uh, okay. of a of sort, a leather lanyard. So and before I could like if I was trying to raise capital for me, I'd be like, hey, Randy, would you like to see what I'm building before you could say yes? I just whip it out and it had this, the home page this background was the product. And, right. and I would actually talk about it immediately. And people were like, oh, then they were like cuddle, uh, cuddle, uh, huddle around the uh, iPad all of a sudden at a networking event. And people are like, what's going on here? Is there like a football team or like <laughs> this huddling? <laughs> Is there a game on? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. You just transitioned very nicely right into this branding oh, thing. Oh, totally. Because yeah. I see, I see you obviously here via a uh, video, and you're wearing your Hello Wolfie shirt. And I think any place I've ever seen you, whether you're online on some of the other things, you're always wearing Hello Wolfie. Yes. And I think yep. somewhere you even mention or in a post somewhere you talk about that you've decked out your e-scooter and your helmet oh, yeah. with Hello Woofy stickers. I mean, so you are really passionate about this. Oh, and totally. Yeah, so, I've, I mean, I, I went in all the way, like $170,000 to turn the company around. We can talk about that later. But, yeah. you know, when we had nothing, barely anything left in the bank, I was like, I will do whatever it takes to make this a success because small businesses absolutely deserve a platform like this. They have to have a platform like this. We need to make it work. So I plowed $120,000, give or take, in credit cards. I think they're about 10 or 12 credit cards I plowed <laughs> and uh, and the rest of it was you know savings and right. and and lo and behold we've done about 240,000 250,000 to date in sales give or nice. take Good. and uh thank god we're doing like 17,000 a month in MRR and uh this is obviously US dollars right. uh, you know stats and then next month we're hoping to do 22 to 25 yeah so I do want to talk about funding uh we'll get to that a little bit later on I love the, this kind of passion and you, you just touched on something that I think is great because you talk about kind of doing the fight for the underdog, the small business mm-hmm. owners, uh, which is a great mission to be out on. But you also really, I think for the small business owners, you really kind of demonstrated and, and verbalized something that I think is pretty critical and as well, typically a common thread amongst mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, which is I'm going to do anything that I can to see that this succeeds, right? And I mean, there's something kind of visceral, like a gut. I am going to, I am going to battle. We are making this thing happen. I don't care what I have to do. And you demonstrated, you know, I'm going into debt. I'm putting my money on the line. And that's a great, so there's so many great things about that one, just about the tenacity and kind of the work ethic and the mentality that goes around with that. You're just not going to take a no but when you do that as well, that also has to be a um, 
I think, a great demonstration of your character when you go to talk to other people about, hey, would you consider investing in this? Let me tell you about the opportunity. Yeah. Right, yeah. because no, you that's, that's, you are all in. I mean, you are up to your armpits, and uh, yeah, and probably head now uh, <laughs> more than that. But um, I, I, there's a great book that will set you in the right mindset, which is I think I mentioned earlier, which is Grant Cardone's 10x rule. Yeah, it talks about what is the level of mindset you need to really 10x where you are, and or 100x, whatever you want to call it. But um, it, it's the 10x rule talks about that. It talks about priorities, being proactive. It, there's a great example. And I talk about this a lot is one example he talks about is if you're running a you know business from home, and obviously the book was written before the pandemic. So right. very, very timely in terms of what, uh, what, he, what I'm about to talk about, which is he gives an example. If you're running a home-based business and you need electricity and all of a sudden the electricity goes out because whatever happened, don't sit there B-I-T-C-H, your right, way right. to the electric company saying, hey, where's my electricity? I've been paying for it. Where is it? I need to run my business. Because, I mean, what are you going to get out of that conversation? You're right. going to get a ticket, you're gonna, your customer ticket, and then you're going to say, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. But if you're, if you're a real hardcore business owner, the proactive thing to do would have been to put a generator in the back of your house $5,000 generator, maybe, or $10,000 generator, you know, for powering the entire house. Obviously, we're in New York, so you don't need a generator that big here. But why don't you do that to be proactive so that not only is your family taking care of, your business taking care of, and you're being proactive about it. In my case, I have a battery pack, which is like the size of this air conditioner, maybe half of it. <laughs> and it can power this computer for about seven to 10 hours uh, if I needed it to. Right. I've got two hotspots that both have LTE, you know, uh, services on them. And so if I need the internet goes out, I can switch over to my iPad as a, right. as a hotspot or my phone as a hotspot. So I can continue doing Zoom calls and demos. Not the best experience, but an experience that I can right. continue doing sales with. And that's like, that's the mindset you need to have is like, don't complain about things, just do them proactively. I also have uh, 10 gallons of water in that cupboard there, just in case something happens and I'm conf- you know, confined in the, right. in, the, in the apartment, you know, just in case water is needed and the water turns off. I've got a fire ladder in my, in my other bedroom, uh, you know, just in case I need to get out. So like, be proactive, like, you know, be like, think about things ahead of time. And that's just a mindset. And the other book that he also wrote called The Closer Survival Guide. So one of the first books put me in like 170K in debt, basically, <laughs> uh, because he talked about debt, how that's good. Because if you have cap, you know, if you have access to capital and you haven't used it, right. or if you have sitting, if you're sitting on cash and you're not, you know, letting cash make more cash because money attracts money. Right. Um, it's a great saying. Then, you you know, you're not doing justice to yourself or your business. But the other one is Closer Survival Guide uh, sale, uh, for first you know salespeople essentially and he talks about so many different clothes you can use i think there are about 100 and there are 30 in there and one is like an example is like you know randy what is the on a scale of one to seven how likely are you to invest in a company like hello wolfie that grew twenty two thousand percent last year and is genuinely looking to help small businesses for the price of a cup of coffee what's the number how likely well how likely are you to invest in the in the uh, in, in, uh, 10 in hello because i did invest <laughs> Well, pretend you didn't. And how likely would you be? I would be, you know, at a at a high eight or nine. Definitely. You would have tweaked my interest. Like, really? That's some serious growth. So, so yeah. Randy, let me ask you this. I really appreciate that. But how can I get you to a 10? What is what? Is, what do I have to do to get you to a 10? Uh, <laughs> and that's the, and that's, and then you would tell me exactly like, you yeah. need, you know, you need to yeah. get your revenue up. $1, yeah. What's the revenue? More. What's the return on, you know, yeah. the revenue? So, 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 the time so then, the then line. that's, yeah. So then I'll come back and say, okay, our revenue is up. 
you know, why don't we, you know, sign, the, you know, sign the deal, sign the paperwork, right. whatever it may be, you know, let's, let's close this thing. Um, and that has worked for me over and over again. There's like spouse clothes. There's a like, they're, they're whole different. There's so many clothes. I recommend anyone to download the audible book and learn about the different clothes because right. you can not only use the clothes uh, in business, I've actually used them on my friends and in dating <laughs> life. It works like a charm. <laughs> the other book I recommend is Chris Voss's book called never split a difference. He's a FBI negotiator, yeah. hostage negotiator. He's actually on Clubhouse now, you know, talking quite a bit about the mirror techniques and different kinds of techniques to, you know, get what you need to get or, you know, convert people into signing up or whatever. He, he runs a, a, a consultancy group now. But that's those are the things you have to learn as a small business owner. Like you don't need a billion dollars to be to be able to compete with a billion dollar company. We are we're worth nine million dollars. We're raising capital at a nine million dollar valuation, but we're competing head on with a three point two billion dollar competitor that doesn't care about small businesses, but they have right. a small business package starting at a hundred dollars. You know, we've partnered with our second biggest company competitor, which is Hootsuite. You can see right here because right. we want to co-create an opportunity for small business to use our platform plus their platform, and we sit on top of their platform, and and that's that's a you know symbiotic relationship there. So that's just a different mindset. Like we could do it. We also acquired a project. I like to say project because it wasn't quite of a startup. And and so like a lot of business owners will come to me or come on Clubhouse and in our pitch rooms and say, you know, this company just acquired this company and now they have an uh, ace up their sleeve because they have the technology, they have the means to acquire it. And I'm like, no, we acquired a project because it wasn't much of a company. It was a, it was a, it was basically a project. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to figure out for four months how to build this piece of technology. And lo and behold, I see it on Product Hunt and I see it in our in a, one of our Facebook groups I'm a part of. And I'm like, hey, he's the kid, the, the guy was like 18, it's eight, 19 years old. Would you let me buy this piece of technology from you and you know, you know, give you some advice and mentorship and things like that? And he was like, Yeah, sure. And I acquired it for four figures. And that piece of technology is at least worth six figures for me now because we were able to turn that in and put it into our our in our technology stack make it a hundred times better mm. and that's just a different mindset like right obviously we're a small company we, we just acquired something it's just a different mindset yeah so to kind of wrap this part of the show together maybe i'll i'll try to summarize this a little bit which is you know mindset is critical mm -hmm. not only from a mindset of do whatever it takes prepare so that there are no obstacles. So essentially be proactive, like mm -hmm. power goes out. What did you do to prepare for that instance? Because it's costing you money. It was sitting in the dark, right? And so you did your battery pack. You got it all stacked up. You're ready to go. And like, Hey, the power goes out. I'm still working. I'm still selling. I'm still making yep. things happen, right? I'm still in control of my destiny. So that's a mindset. And then the other mindset, I think, and you just kind of uh, touched on just right at the end, which is look for opportunities, you know, be open, be aware, look for those things that other people maybe are overlooking or not giving the time yep. at, at this point. So I think those are all all, uh, fantastic lessons for our listeners, for small business owners. So, all right, Arjun, it is time for... And it's time for the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> seventh inning stretch, Arjun. Hey, so tell me, do you like baseball? I do. I mean, I grew up with uh, playing baseball in the back backyard in New Jersey and whatnot, but I'm a little bit of a 
bigger f- uh, soccer or ice hockey or a lot, I guess, I used to play hockey in the gym okay. on the floors, but uh, a little bit or basketball, but I obviously have grown up around baseball and all played right. with people and friends and whatnot. We used to do it all the time in school. All right. So this is a part in the show where we just go and we kind of take a detour off of business a little bit and we talk a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit about baseball. It is running the bases, right? So you have a little dog, or I think, or at least a an icon with Hello yep. Woofy a little white fluffy dog. I think your dog's name is Snoopy though, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a Maltese. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Maltese's. <laughs> All right. So my research team kind of did their work as usual. They're great. They do a great job on this stuff. And a nod to your uh, affection to your fluffy white dog. Can you name, here's the big question. I'm hitting you with the question right up front and then I'll give you a mm-hmm. little backstory on it. Can you name the MLB team? that also has a fluffy white dog, an actual dog, as their unofficial mascot. Now, oh there's, 30, there's 32 teams out there, so it's not like... Are, you, are, you, are we allowed to use a lifeline here? <laughs> like I'll, Google? I'll give you another uh, little hint. This dog was also named the Dog of the Year for the CW Network in 2015 as like the most influential dog on pop culture or something like that and it's a real dog or is a real dog yeah real dog still kicking around is it has a bit was it in a movie or a show like you know i I don't know actually if it was in any of that you want you want the story on it this is actually it's kind of an interesting i I feel like i'm never gonna get this one because this is like yeah so So, out of my this is so left field i know you're like this is really left field so this was kind of good because you got the dog but so it's hank the dog from the Milwaukee Brewers, their unofficial I gotta mascot. Look this up yes. Now. So back in 2014, there was this little scruffy, dirty, little slightly injured oh, little dog. Oh, he's so cute. Yes. Walked up to the staff at the Brewers spring training camp and decided to make himself at home. And so from that point, the team kind of adopted him. The the uh, the manager, you know, kind of took him under his wing. They fed him from mm. the players' buffet. They began working with uh, Humane Society and on social media to try to find the owners, you know, who whose dog it was. They could they had no luck in doing that. However, they did arrange for Hank's adoption and they named him Hank after the great uh, (laughs) Hank Aaron. And so a team executive actually adopted the dog, brought him back to Milwaukee, and then he just like grew in fame all the way through over the course of the years would run with the uh, Johnsonville famous racing sausages and hosted meet and <laughs> greets with players and celebrities just did all kinds of fun stuff was on the tonight show the today show people magazine I mean, this dog was everywhere wow. uh, yeah, a good agent i don't know <laughs> that is i'm so uh, glad yeah, yeah so there we go hank the dog from the milwaukee brewers so I, I'm such something a big that dog person. Can, I mean, we we want to start doing some things to help, you know, uh, rescues and things like that as well as like a as a proceed, uh, give part of her pro, you know, yeah, profits or something yeah. like that. I just love. Nice. That's the other thing is a, is a personal criteria as well. Of when I'm dating, is that uh, you need to have a love for dogs, or if you have a dog, that's great. But um, there's you know, Gandhi said you know you can you can tell how great a country is simply by the way they treat their animals. Uh-huh. And, and then you can go, you know, further into like other underrepresented, you know, uh, you know, groups, you know, human beings as well, and how right. they, you know, each country will, t- you know, treat them. And I think there is a direct correlation. I haven't, I haven't tested this. I should, I should do a research paper on this in terms of 
the level of innovation and the subjective, but also GDP growth of a country based on how it treats in individual constituents in the population, right. human and non-human. And I think that's that's super important. But yeah, I, I like I, like you said, I have stickers everywhere. I have this sticker. You know, I know I mean, there people, it is. People can people who are listening and can see, but I have a blue sticker. I have like thousands of these stickers everywhere. Yeah. I put them on everything, including my electric scooter. Yeah. I, that love I, drive it. I love it. Well, we will have obviously your the logo and the fluffy white dog in our show notes and sure. as part of our uh, uh, art for uh, promoting the show. So that'll be good. All right. Well, hey, let's get back into it. Label. So let's talk a little bit about fundraising. So you're a startup and this is good for really any small business owner or somebody who's even starting out and thinking about a small business. Mm -hmm. So you've got to create some capital. You've got to find capital. You've got to, you know, create whether it's through investors or from your own back pocket, as you described, you had uh, 10, 12 credit cards you went all the way in on. Oh yeah. How, how did it start with you though? From and let's just talk about Hello Woofy and and not some of your past. Uh, unless there's something you want to share about some of your sure. uh, other companies, but how did you start? Did you begin the concept of and have a working concept of the product first, yeah. and then yeah. approach investors, or did you just um, you know kind of lay out a concept and then they invested and then you built a product? Tell us a little bit about that. No, that's a great question. So we, uh, so so I spent a few thousand dollars, maybe like two grand or something like that, on I believe it was it was Upwork, yeah. At the at the time, this was back in like late 2016, and I was like, I have a design. I know what I want to build, which is a mobile version of a social media scheduler for influencers and you know people on the go to be able to control their social media. And so I built a prototype. I mean, I, I sketched everything out. Um, I'm actually looking at the original design now, which is hilarious because I had like the, uh, I, I threw on like the the the, the Blue's Clues dog on it, um, <laughs> which was really funny. But uh, it, it, was, it was so funny. I'm looking at it. It, it was like such a simple idea. You could schedule content. You could have it appear every day, every other day, every two weeks and whatnot. And a lot of the things have stayed the same in the current platform. But I was like, these are the mockups, and I hired a team from India to kind of put it together as a prototype. And we spent, we ended up spending, I think, twice as much because of you know just projects sometimes take longer and cost more. And um, and we ended up you know raising about fifty thousand dollars in venture funding for the original prototype. We then got about ten thousand, nine thousand downloads, and then we followed the same firm invested another hundred grand. We got into an accelerator program. They invested a hundred grand. So that small immense investment actually was an MVP with some traction behind it, some user group, you right. know, suggestions and feedback behind it. I actually ended up turning out to be real, you know, doing really well for us because obviously, you know, that that is those are the ingredients to build a great company is or, or at least get some uh, funding under underway. And then we kept going and then I had to and unfortunately I had to then turn the company around. We had like 10, 10 grand left. We hired, you know, we hired too fast. We hired two the wrong people. We made some mistakes along the way. And then at that point in 2018, when we had like 10 grand left in the bank, I had I was like, I'm going to keep going forward no matter what happens. Now, can, and, I, uh, can I ask a question in here first? Yeah, go for because it. so this is a great journey that you're leading us through. At that point, so in 2018, I think you're, you said then, you know, it sounds like, you know, the company at that point is on its last, you know, uh, breath here, uh, yeah. lifeline. Right? It was actually around April 2018, so like okay. three years ago, exactly. So did was the product out? Could I, uh, you know, become you a user? You could have downloaded it in okay. the App Store. All right. So yeah. you in actually had a product out generating revenue at some level. Maybe 
Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. No, so Minus, minuscule. It was okay. more like getting people to download and use a free tiers first. Okay. All right. All right. So I just wanted to understand. So you actually had product out. People were downloading. You were like at your last stage, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And then you took some action. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and then we kept going. And we kept going and doing the same thing over and over again. So then I spent after that a year. Uh, we spent the second half of 2018 the first half of 2019 rebuilding the platform from scratch and we then use upwork again we use a little bit of fiverr as well we still use both platforms today to find other talent from all over the world and uh you know we were able to then re- over over the summer of 2019 appsuma called us up and said hey we've heard about you would you like to launch with us later this year and I was like, absolutely. Like for people who don't know what right. AppSumo is, like the QVC of the right. internet, they basically have flash sale webs. You know, farmer. you know. Now that you mentioned AppSumo, I think that's where I found you because I'm, oh, a, I'm an AppSumo king or whatever it's called. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 do a great job. They, I mean, they yeah. they put their software companies, you know, the the partners right. in front of eight hundred thousand potential business owners, right? And so that happened in around August or so, July August. We also were auditioning for the TV show that we talked about earlier. Okay. And uh, we went into Republic's offices, uh, which is the equity crowdfunding platform. And we actually got rejected the first time around. Then they, and then within, within a couple of weeks after the first week of September, my mom passed away. Uh, I got a phone mm. call late, like three o'clock in the morning from my dad saying, please, please come to, please come to New Jersey. Mm. Uh, some, you know, we're rushing your mom to the, to the hospital. And, and so I showed up at the hospital, like, a few hours later and uh she passed away two or three days later and within a few weeks of that, within a few days of that actually happening miracles just lined up one after the other and and mm. so it was it was funny because the show called us or emailed me saying hey we have a couple extra slots left would you like to fly over to san francisco you know san, uh, california and, and film the show with us and obviously i said yes and that meant that we would automatically launch an equity crowdfunding campaign on republic wow. and uh we did and we as we mentioned in the beginning of the, sh- beginning of the show we ended up winning the first, going to the second, right. doing the finals, winning the finals, and it just was a miracle. And we raised just under six hundred thousand dollars thanks to the opportunity of being able to present to Republic and uh, and things like. That. And, and the funny story, and then we launched in December of that year publicly with AppSumo, and we did like thirty thousand dollars in sales within the first few weeks. We did sixty thousand in total with them, and then we, I was like, oh my god, can we do this on our own? Because who knows Hello Woofy and, right. and AppSumo was a great. A partner for getting our word out, and it turns out we actually started generating more revenue than AppSumo was generating for us on a on a monthly basis. And so I was very proud of that. We, I, and happened to meet someone who was a, he's a great marketer. He's been he's based out of LA, and I met him through church in New York. We go we both go to Hillsong Hillsong Church in New uh, in New York and LA. And so one thing led to the other, and we just we did a great job just expanding. And we did a lot. Majority of the revenue that we've done to date has been on our own, using our own funnels that we built for three hundred dollars. And uh, one of the funny stories is, uh, if you know Jason Calacanis, he's a very famous investor of one of the first investors, I right. believe, in Uber and and things right. like that. His uh, they called me out of nowhere and towards the end of December, I believe, saying, "Hey, can you fly out to?" San Francisco to meet with us in January to see if we want to invest in you. And the guy that emailed me, he's like his right hand or like the program program manager for the launch accelerator. His first name and his last name are literally the combination of my mom and my dad's original last names. Like my no mom's way. original name. Really? Yeah. How um, crazy is that? It's super crazy. And 
Or at least, yeah, it was it was so weird. And so I was like, what is the universe telling? Because I'm not religious. <laughs> I'm very spiritual. And it didn't work out with launch, but you know, I was, it happened for a reason. I, I Steve Jobs says you can't connect the dots mm-hmm, looking, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, forward. Linear, you can only connect yeah. them looking back. So I'm still trying to connect the dot there, but uh, it might be that Jason just knows this better because I pitched to him in his sure. studio, which is like a legit studio. It's like it looks like the Howard Stern show uh, in the basement. And well, so, what yeah, a, what just, a great chat in the yarn, though, when you've got a guy like him reaching out and saying, yeah, I'm kind of interested. Let's sit down and talk a yeah. little bit. Well, it was, to, you know, for all fairness, it was his team, but okay. obviously he has a huge sure. impact on who comes into a studio and, and whatnot. So we did a recorded session. I did the demo in a studio and, uh, you know, who knows? He did invest in a competitor, though, so he should have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, his competitor has some major ethical issues in my, okay. in my, in my, in my, in my opinion, because it's just there's a lot of fake AI that isn't presented to the small business owner. Yeah. Uh, the price points are ridiculously high in, yeah. in in the in the company that is existing. I won't mention any names, but uh, I think core to the mission of our business, we want to build the biggest company, helping the smallest, and you have mm. to do it from a business model that includes the small business owner. Right. In our case, through equity crowdfunding, but also through the roadmap that you know our customers impact 95% of the roadmap. And is at a price point that they can afford. They don't have to choose between food and rent and right. mortgage and like softwares to you know software solutions to further their business. Five bucks a month, it ten x's your business automatically. Right. So I, I think that that level of mindset every founder should ask when they come up their pricing is: Are you doing a disservice or a service to your to your customer, and especially small business owners? And I always like to pick at founders and companies that that don't do that for their customers because they do a disservice. Right. Great approach. To date, can I ask what's the uh, the funding level at this point that you've uh, yeah secured we've raised a little over one point one point two million so far okay like I said we did about two forty two fifty in revenue so far we'll we'll probably do you know a little over that this year conservatively but you know maybe I do three hundred four hundred thousand subject to change this year but um a lot of my estimates tend to be conservative and my investors are like why are you so conservative I'm like I don't want to be that founder that has like oh we're gonna do three million dollars right. this year and break even you know in that in by the weekend <laughs> right right and so that those are obviously conservative estimates but yeah some more great lessons I think for our listeners earlier you talked about just getting out networking meeting people you know when the opportunities were there just always meeting mm-hmm. networking branding talking about what it is that you do and what you yeah. can offer I think is great and then and then so you I'm sure employed some of that, those networks uh, when you s- launched and started funding. And then you went through some of the more traditional, actually, I wouldn't even say traditional, probably a little bit more available, I think, this crowd um, funding source. Equity crowdfunding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Republic, uh, WeFunder, I think that's actually how I invested in Hello Wolfie, yeah, I think, was through you. WeFunder. And uh, real quick, Tell us about those, because I don't know that we've had anybody on the show yet that have actually have gone through any of these equity crowdfunding mm. sources. What is that like as a business owner? How did you explore yeah. that? How did you dive into that? And, you know, as any kind of endeavor, you, you sit back and think, well, was it worth it? Is this going yeah. to be worth it for our business? Um, sure, sure. No, absolutely. It was worth it. But it actually, t- t- it's like talking about mindset again. It puts you in a certain mindset of making sure that you're focused on 
it, it, you just mature really quickly as a business owner when you go through, you know, filing a form C, which is a legal document you have to file in order to do equity crowdfunding because the public security, you're offering a security, right. there are security laws at play. And and so the the scrutiny that, you know, you have to go through, the diligence you have to go through, it almost makes you think like a CEO of a publicly traded company or what one would think like. So it does mature, it matured me from a standpoint of, what can I say? How can I say it? When can I say it? You know, with the new SEC laws that came out in the middle of March, I can you could talk about another future campaign because it's called treading the waters. And before mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about that, especially in front of an unaccredited investor. Obviously, people did that behind the scenes, closed doors and pitches and whatnot. But you know, there it just makes you a lot. I just want to say it makes you very financially and legally mature. And uh, like right now we're getting our financials audited. You know, it, you know, you have to do right. it every time you, I, I believe every time you do a equity crowdfunding campaign. And if you haven't, if you don't have financials audited for the previous year, you need to do that. So that, you know, people who are investing are able to see all of your information. So all of our financials are publicly available now. I think it's, it's definitely worth it from a mindset perspective. And then from a capital perspective, you know, audits will cost you maybe two, three thousand dollars. The form C filing will cost you maybe three to four thousand dollars, maybe five. And obviously, as a result of how much we raised so far, we we made more of it, more than sure. that back. Sure, uh, we raised about five sixty four. Yes, last year we raised about one hundred seventy two thousand so far. Okay. Um, we're hoping that Randy Road comes in for a little bit higher amount. You know, we'll <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, you know, if that happens, but uh, well, I have to talk to the boss on that one. So, oh, we, we yeah. have your people contact my people. Right. Which, yeah. in my Cases my people are Calendly, yeah, yeah. so Calendly will talk. You know, we'll, we'll right. schedule something. Yeah. Well, my people is Kathy, who is the spouse. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, Kathy wrote. You know, if you want to invest in a company that grew twenty two thousand percent, let me know yeah. if you uh, if you want to invest as low as a hundred dollars yourself into, yes. into the campaign before it ends. In, That's uh, good. That's two good. Weeks. That's a good path. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about marketing. So, all small businesses, you got to get out there. You yeah. got to market and. A couple of things that hit me a little bit about your product right now. So one, and I'm not even sure on the timeline of this, but I do know it's probably been within, I'll say, the last year. You originally started out as Woofy, had the dog, just Woofy, because I remember on the Meet the Draper show, it was just Woofy. Yep. Now you're Hello Woofy. Right. So when did that change happen and what was the impetus? uh, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I did it for SEO purposes. Because if you search for Woofy, first of all, I had no idea that the office show had like a misspelling of Woofy. I think it was like W-O-O-F. IE uh, it's like a one of the episodes had uh, you know it was it was like a startup idea where if you sent a message then it would send you a fax a pigeon a you know a call it will call you send you text message the whole night an email right, okay. the whole nine years like one message would turn into like a whole extra you know extravaganza of of uh, of messages in different forms so i had no idea that existed so when you search for woofy it kind of sometimes is like are you talking are you talking about a dog sitting company are you talking about a supplement like whatever it's like the whole the weirdest things you'll find under the same name under obviously pet related and so i started realizing that i need to start placing crunch based profiles beta list profiles beta page profiles venture beat you know all of these places you know where we have you know profiles so that you can seo rank ourselves they're going to have to compete with the word woofy right and so i was like okay and our our domain for the longest time was hello woofy is hello woofy and so i was like how can i make it a branding approach and an seo approach at the same time so here's a quick trick it actually helps when you upload your images 
make your put the word of the brand in our case is hello woofy i put every image that we have has the word hello woofy in the image has hello woofy in the alt tags has hello woofy in the tags and that's another strategy for seo because in the image section when you search for hello woofy in the image section you'll just get flooded with hello woofy uh, logos and mascots and cute right, dogs and right. and things like that from us and and the reason why we do that is because it's a unique more unique of a term than woofy by itself right so it's purely for seo and i actually liked it and it was obviously our brand in terms of our domain and so the shirt you see is hello woofy yeah. the the hoodie you're seeing is hello woofy and um it's smart marketing for underdog so you're a SaaS, a uh, software as a service how do you attract users what's the your most effective marketing channel the law of attraction i'm just kidding actually no i'm not <laughs> kidding but that's another philosophical yeah. debate or conversation there not a debate but um I actually would say law of attraction is one thing because if you have a certain kind of mindset, the certain kinds of people and opportunities will come to you. But specifically from a tactic perspective, 50 to 60% of our revenue is paid advertising. A lot of it is through uh, retargeting. Retargeting does really well for us. 60, 60 to 70% of our audience customers are women, which actually, uh, you know, once I figured that out, I was literally within a day or two talking about the law of attraction i met uh, a great woman her name is heather and she runs um, a pinterest agency and i met her in her room that she was hosting on clubhouse and i was like hey heather majority of our audience are women do you think pinterest would be a great uh, place to advertise and she was like heck yeah and now right, we're getting right. a 3.42 return on ad spend in our retargeting campaigns on pinterest we are going to be plowing a lot more capital there which obviously helps to raise capital here because we can put it into sure. uh places that are doing really well to drive revenue. So paid ads is about, you know, ar around that percentage there. And then the rest is organic the, through affiliate, you know, people, existing customers, you know, promoting our services. It's people reading about our, you know, our, our, about the company in Inc. Magazine. We were just featured in Inc. Magazine two days ago, three days ago. Yeah, um, I saw Forbes Magazine. just recent about you yep. and with Clubhouse. And, yep, yeah. exactly. And uh, Forbes picked us up about two weeks ago through right. another friend I met on Clubhouse as well, Sarah. And so like that, like that, that is organic and a clubhouse is actually probably our fourth or fifth highest source of revenue either directly or indirectly we don't we, we need to work on our attribution channels for sure but that's how we're doing 16 to 17,000 a month in MRR okay that's a good pace i love that you you're bringing in the the clubhouse i know you, you we've talked <laughs> before about clubhouse yeah. and i'm like well when they decide to go on the android platform i'll we'll, uh, we'll do a part I'll, 2 I'll, about I'll, about I'll open part clubhouse <laughs> yes <laughs> One of the things that I love that you do is your, I'm not even sure exactly what you call it, but I'm going to call it the Friday lunch chat. And we're going to do this a little bit later on today, yeah, like at noon, yeah. right? But you have this great thing. You you invite people. I'm not even sure whether you do it through, because as a subscriber, as a user of the platform, mm -hmm. you invite people onto it, I think. And, but you like, open it up. You like, here's the zoom, come on in. Anybody can yep. come and sit and talk with you and talk about their struggles with the product, talk about uh, things they're doing with the product or like me, Hey, I'd like to see this in the product. Can you, yep. <laughs> have yep. you thought about this? And uh, I think that's a terrific approach Thank because you. I, frankly, I've just have not seen any, whether it's a local small business or any other kind of business actually that I've yeah. ever seen. Like kind well, of, that's what I'm saying that is that I, I really want my competitors like get your head out of whatever you're in like talk to your customers firsthand like face to face or virtually if you can uh in a zoom call just get them on a call like the ceos should be getting on a call and driving product vision and and i guess it's good for us because you know 
they're not doing it the way you know businesses should be. You know, they should be built uh, with a little bit of emphasis on, or a lot of emphasis on EQ. But uh, I, I just want every SaaS founder or any any founder, but specifically in SaaS, get on a phone call, get on a Zoom call, and do these things that are nurturing a f- sense of mm-hmm. family with your with your uh, with your audience and your and your customer base. Get a Facebook group up and running and, right, and right. that twenty four seven. Because you've you've seen this in in the Facebook group. I actually take selfie videos as yeah responses to comments that come up i don't just type it out because right. you know a, a va could do that i just take a, I, I just take my phone and i'm like uh, you know hey 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 randy i see you you know you had some issue with the uh with the uh you know scheduler or something right. you know let, let me take a look at this uh, with my team and get back to you or hey randy this was a great idea you know thank you so much i really you know virtual hugs to you i give virtual right. hugs to in, in videos as well and it's just 60 seconds and it's it's a quick not a validation, but saying I hear you, right. I see you as a customer in my Facebook group and in our Facebook, you know, exchange and communication. And it's super important that I've taken sixty seconds, a quick sixty seconds. Actually, it takes a minute because then you have to additional minute right. to upload it. <laughs> and uh, and and we we hear you and we 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 value your input. I think it's a great approach and and a terrific lesson for any business owner, which is you have got to engage with your customers. Don't put up a firewall. You've got to constantly connect with people. And it's, yeah. a, it's a great, great approach. So I know we're, we're kind of rolling here on some stuff. What's around the corner for Hello Wolfie? Hello Wolfie. Continuing to kick a asterisk asterisk. And in the uh, representing small businesses, we like to call them underdogs, you know, just giving them more than they can even, you know, fathom at the point at this point in terms of what is digital marketing, how to, you know, accelerate digital marketing for them, how to drive revenue. So long as they have the opportunities at a price point that's affordable, we will teach them, we will show them. But in many cases, small businesses don't even know the first things about social media management. They don't know the first things about how to create a blog. But we have the scheduler to do all of that, plus smart speakers. Like many people don't even have Alexa devices at home, but their customers do. They're half a billion or so, you know, Alexa devices all over the world, but they haven't even thought about marketing on these platforms. And, you know, many people aren't even on Clubhouse. Like they they haven't started building their brand on Clubhouse, right. but the early adopters, they always win. I mean, Russell Brunson talked about this in one of his in his videos, I think, or his in his Audible book. He talked about how he was like very much against Instagram, and then Instagram kept you know poking him, poking him, until right. he finally jumped on. And because they wanted to emphasize the early adopters, they actually drove more traffic to him and many other influencers. And today, he's like one of the top people on Instagram because he joined very early on. And he was very much you know against it, but uh, yeah. All right, here we are real quick, bottom of the ninth. What advice do you have for rookies in the game? Those starting out in the business, those already who have their business looking for guidance. I mean, you've been around the block even at a young age. I mean, you've played in a lot of games at this point of your career. Uh, What kind of advice do you have for those starting out? Just get started. If you haven't started yesterday, if you didn't start a minute ago, start right now. And that is just going to get you in a much better position, be in a better position than anyone else who's thinking about starting, anyone else who's you know potentially going to start. If you just started, you're light years ahead. Mm. So get, get started. And tell me your story. Email me. All right, you know, Go to hellowolfie.com, email me, and uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm going to go for. All right. Well, listen, Arjun, thanks so much for uh, carving out some time talking with us today. I've 
absolutely have enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, and and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking with you in about an hour on the uh, Friday lunch chat. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to jump on a couple of sales calls now and say hello to some new yes. customers. Um, and uh, for our audience, go ahead out, hellowoofy.com. Uh, I think you'll be really, really happy and excited to see what Arjun and his team are creating over there. And I'm sure you'll put it to good use. And that is the ball game. So listen, folks, thanks for joining us today. And if you like our show, please tell your friends, subscribe and review. And if we like to say, we'll see you around the ballpark. Running the bases with small businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.